For Seagulls fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Power your acker with our odds checker engine using team and player stats to gain the edge and beat the bookie. Download the free BHA Seagulls app now from the App Store and Google Play. are almost up Swindon fans but you're not there yet and it goes oh it's gone in Pritchard left foot in what a volley it's the stuff of champions it's the stuff of dreams and Donate races it on goal and Donate 3-0 the Amex goes wild what a goal could be in. Snake from Tompkins. What a goal from Glenn Murray. He's hardly had a touch. On he'll go. Michael Smith. Into what he's Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Together, a Brighton Hove Albion podcast. Uh, we have had quite the week for everyone, right? <laughs> um, I think the message is going to have to be a bit of a keep calm and carry on one. Uh, you know, we've we've had a bit of a rough week. Uh, we've had meltdowns, we've had come to Jesus meetings, um, lots of infighting amongst fans across all of social media. Um, altogether, not a lot of happiness um, in the Albion atmosphere right now. Um, it isn't too much of a surprise for me, um, however, but it does still leave me very, very concerned um, by the way we're looking right now. I do remember many years ago, uh, and I'm sure a lot of you um, who have been fans for a long time will understand, uh, October wasn't just spooky season uh, for ghosts and ghouls, it was terrifying for us because uh, October for the Albion was generally crap. Uh, we wouldn't win anything we could, uh, we would drop so many points throughout October, um, and it appears that we have carried that over to January um, in the top flight for some reason. Um, and you know, I'm sure you've seen it across all of social media. There's a lot of places that are posting the stats, uh, but they're worth looking at anyway. Um, we've never won a Premier League game in January ever. Um, we've played 12 games in three years uh, with five draws, seven losses, uh, 11 goals scored, and 24 goals conceded. Um, you know, we've achieved five points from a possible 36 over the last three years. Uh, and the last two years, we've stayed up anyway. Um, so let's hope and pray we have a better February because, good God, we need it. Um, you know, we are we are in a bit of trouble. Um, I think you can definitely say we're in a relegation battle now. Um, the gap has started to open up there uh, between us and Burnley, who beat United over the weekend, who do look really poor by the way it has to be said um that home game against united uh you know previously i thought we would be lucky to just survive um with the way we're playing right now but regardless of how we're playing i think manchester united are playing just as poorly so i feel like we have every reason to um to hope to take something from them at some point later on in the season um but let's talk about the bournemouth game so of course, it happened on Tuesday, uh, which is good because I've had a bit of calling down to do because I was incredibly annoyed um, at feeling kind of like the injustice of it all. Um, you know, I thought that I thought we actually played pretty well. Uh, I know that the idea was that a lot of people said, yeah, we were playing well, but we never looked like we were going to win. And I think you're probably right. It, it looked like the kind of game that despite the fact that we were dominating, it looked like we were going to lose it because it just seems like 
that's how it always goes. Um, we were going in looking to do the double on them for the first time since the 2006-2007 season, I believe. Um, and they were looking for their first home win since the beginning of November. We all know these kind of inf pieces of information are prime Albion info to screw up games and lose them. And we did not disappoint. Um, this is this is really a classic game of showing what we are trying to do under Graham Potter um, and highlighting at the same time what we desperately need um, to achieve it. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of promise um, in the stats and in and in watching us play, but there is there is something we're crying out for, and when we get to it later on, um, it's it's not going to be a surprise for any of you. We all know what we need, um, but you know I'm here to talk about it, so we may as well just do it. Um, match stats, you know, we ended the game with 65% possession, uh, 21 shots, eight on target. Um, I know I've seen a lot of criticism around saying that oh, well, we may have lost 3-1 or whatever, but we passed it around the back a lot and had a good pass percentage, but we're taking shots, peeps. 21 shots on Tuesday. Eight of them on target. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're taking plenty of shots. Um, and you know what? If you want to turn around and say the idea of like, oh, well, maybe we're taking pot shots from miles out. Nine of those 21 were in the box. So it's not like we're taking all pot shots, you know, we're getting into the box, causing problems and taking shots. We're just not scoring them. 83% um, pass accuracy, uh, 14 successful dribbles, eight corners. Uh, we were only dispossessed six times all game. Um, this is a game that if you presented somebody the match stats uh, on paper, everybody is going to say that Albion won this game. Um, and yet we lost in a pretty convincing 3-1 defeat. Um you know, before the first goal for Bournemouth, we looked in total control. I think we zipped the ball about really well. Uh, we had created plenty of chances. We caused problems for them everywhere. Um, like I said, we were taking shots inside the box, outside the box. Um, it's not like we were just taking pot shots and hoping. Uh, we were getting into the box, causing problems, taking shots. Uh, you know, one issue, one issue we have here, of course, is the fact that we had one of the best goalkeeping performances you'll see all season between us and the net. Um, but I think the other issue is that we simply have no other plan B. Um, and I think Potter has numerous plans um, in terms of how to set the team out, uh, how to, you know, either to work it on the counter-attack, either to build it up or hold the ball. Um, you know, you saw it against Palace and you saw it against Newcastle, um, the idea of keeping the ball until they were dead and then rolling through and scoring goals. Um, you know, we didn't manage it with Newcastle, we did with Palace and then we fell apart. Uh, but the thing is, it's always going to be the, the manner in which we're going to go forward is always the same um, because we don't have a plan B option. You know, we are always going to go forward low um, and we don't have that striker that we need. Um, when you look at Potter's teams in the past, they have always had a taller striker leading the line. Um, it's something we established on this podcast in the Potter special, uh, which was pretty much the week after he got appointed, I believe, or maybe two weeks after he got appointed. Um, you know, I did a really in-depth run-through of his life and times uh, as a manager before coming to us. Um, if you haven't listened to it, I think it's worth a listen to. Um, there was a lot of good information in there as to the kind of players that he likes or has liked in the past. Um, and you can it's pretty clear that we're, we're missing um, that kind of dimension up front. Um, you know, to not see a McBurney, 
um, an Ollie McBurney or someone else like that come in was surprising to me at the time. Um, and we all thought that. And it shows now. Uh, the opposition know we're never going to cross the ball in high because we'll never win it, right? Mopai has the worst aerial duel success in the entire league. And why should he have great aerial duel success? You know what I mean? He's like a five foot eight striker playing against six foot three centre halves. Why should he win the ball in the air? He's not that what he's not that kind of striker. Um so, you know, it's it's easy for a team to plan against. They can focus on marking Mopai um and whoever else is up top very closely, uh, and rely on us getting hit on the break and conceding, which is something we're horribly prone to. Um, you know, it's not something that's new to them. They know that they can do this to us. So why would they bother wasting time? They can sit back and they can take it. Um, you know, even on the on whoscored.com, they give you characteristics of a team. Um, and it's quite interesting to read them because it's, it gives you an idea of, you know, where, where our team are probably looking to get points um, against the others. And for us, Albion's weaknesses, uh, who scored have identified as finishing scoring chances, stopping opponents from creating chances, and defending counterattacks. Well, they've got it spot on, haven't they? Um, they are the exact things that we find problematic right now. We're getting a lot of scoring chances and not finishing them, and we just can't stop opponents from cutting through us on the counterattack. Um, we need to desperately uh, because we're becoming very one-dimensional and easy to play against. And if we don't sign somebody um, that can come on and cause a different dimension and cause a different problem, we're in big trouble. Um, you know, it's just something that has to be done. And we've spoke about it time and time again, but good God, man, like somebody spend some money on a striker that can do this. Um, so players, talk about the players. Uh, first of all, let's praise Aaron Ramsdale um, because Bournemouth's goalkeeper was in inspired form. Um, you know, on a different day, uh, you know, we're, we've we've won the game 3-1, not the other way around uh, because of just how well he played. Um I thought that Ali Reza looked bright. Uh, I thought it was a bit harsh to take him off. I thought he looked a lot better than he ever looked last year. Um, you know, I thought I thought that he he looked bright, and I think he can still turn this around 100%. Right? I think he's clearly shown enough to show that he isn't as bad as he was um, under Hutton. He's turned it around a lot, um, and I think he's still got something to give. Uh, two shots, one key pass. Um, you know, he still produced opportunities for teams for the team around him. Um, and, you know, he, he enjoyed getting in amongst it. Um, Mopai, I thought, had a very, very good game. Um, worked his socks off. Eight shots, four on target, two key passes. Um, I know Mopai might get some stick because he didn't score. Um, but like I said, my God, like in most games he has two with the saves Ramsdale's make, made. Um you know, it was just unbelievable, the form he was in. And it seems typical, right? I feel like every goalkeeper puts in their performance of the bloody season against us, um, especially when our necks are on the line. It feels like it's always the way. Uh, you know, I thought Duncan Proper uh, produced a very good spine down the middle. Um, you know, Dunk with, what, 100 touches um, and a 92.6% pass accuracy. Thought that was excellent. Um, Proper... Proper had 101 touches um, and 85% pass accuracy. You know, they, they ran the midfield. Uh, and if you look at the heat map um, of the game, you can see that we did run the midfield. Um, it's almost like Eddie House kind of just surrendered the middle of the park. 
uh, and focused on the wings, and it worked for him because we we looked constantly overrun out wide. Um, Proper ended up, yeah, 85% pass accuracy, two key passes, uh, and Donkey defensively was excellent. One tackle, three interceptions, four clearances, and a block. Um, you know, if you look at these stats, even for players, it blows your mind how we lost. Um, but as I said, watching the game, it really was so abundantly clear that the lack of going forward, uh, the diversity going forward was always going to be a problem. Um, Aaron Moy, I thought was my man of the match. Uh, four shots, two on target, one goal, five key passes. Um, I thought he ran the midfield with proper, um, and, you know, looked to be dragging us across the line at times. Um, it says something that he seems to be the man stepping up as a leader in this tough time. Um, you know, long may it continue because we have a lot of work to do. Um, and people have been saying for a couple of weeks now, you know, where, where are the leaders? Where are, you know, we've, we've, we've lost them. Um, you know, with Bruno leaving, uh, Glenn Murray not really playing anymore. Um, a couple of other other players bouncing. Um, you know, where are the leaders in this squad? Um, and Aaron Moy seems to be one of them that uh, is kind of put, raising his hand and saying he'll he'll take the mantle. Um, and you know that <laughs> it's a good job uh, because when we cover the transfer market later, uh, we've we've signed him. So you know this is this is something we've been talking about almost all season. Um, we should have won or we should have got more from this game, but we didn't. Um, and I can understand that as the season goes on, people get restless and less happy. And don't get me wrong, I'm incredibly concerned at the points dropped to people around us. Um, but on the overall positives, uh, there are reasons to be positive, in my opinion. You know, people talk about uh, XG and all that sort of shit. Um, I think it was Albion Analytics tweeted the other day um, that our XG of 31.01 is the ninth highest in the league. Um, and we've only scored 26 goals. You know, this is a this is something that if we'd have scored those extra five, we're, we're bouncing, right? Um, you know, a shot accuracy conversion rate I also saw online somewhere. Um, Mopai has a uh, 42%, 52% shot accuracy. So for every one in two shots he's taken, it's on target. He's only scoring 11% of them, though. Connolly, 58% of his shots are on target. 8% of them go in the back of the net. Glenn Murray, 33% of his shots this season have been on target. No goals. Like, we we simply need another option up top. Um, and, you know, XG, over the last couple of years, as you've seen it developed, um, it's very similar to the bookies in a lot of things, right? It's very rarely wrong in an outlook of how we're going to turn out. So the fact that we continue to flounder um, shows that work is desperately needed in the transfer market, right? Um, at the time of recording this, this is Sunday the 26th, uh, we have done one deal. We have signed Aaron Moy for a reported £5 million. Um, I was talking on Love Sport Radio on Friday. I cannot believe how much of an absolute bargain that is. Uh, Andy Nader also tweeted out that uh, we actually believe that it is less than the £5 million. Uh, £5 million seems to be the maximum amount paid. Uh, lots of bonuses and add-ons and all that sort of good stuff. So we have absolutely fleeced them. Um, you know, Aaron Moy has been in great form this year. He's played 17 games for us so far. Um, you know, he's hit a 55% uh, tackle success rate. Uh, he's made nine interceptions. Um, he's got a th three in every four attempts at dribbling the ball forward have paid off. 
Um, you know, his pass accuracy is excellent. 82% of his short passes are accurate. 54% of his long balls are accurate. Um, he's whipped in 77 crosses in 17 appearances. Uh, he's created 25 chances slash key passes, um, grabbed an assist and two goals. Um, you know, he's, he's pulling himself up by his old bootstraps or whatever they say, and, uh, producing numbers that we, we desperately need. Um, you know, however, more work is undoubtedly needed. Um, we have less than a business week to go at the time of listening to this. Um, I am concerned, honestly, that we're not going to invest. Um, I think that if we fail to invest here, uh, it would say a lot about the board's thoughts and feelings about our survival going forward. Um, I would go that far. I would go as far as to say that if we fail to invest between now and next Friday, um, you know, the, the top brass are kind of accepting the fact that the championship is a very real uh, and very possible um, option for us. It would be surprising to see them do that. Uh, but, you know, they won't be the first or last club to do that. Um, maybe they think that that will be good for us to go down and rebuild. Um, I think they're nuts if they think it, but, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um, it would be unbelievable, but it's a pathway we need to consider being a reality, you know. Um, however, there is another thing I want to address with this uh, is the old hashtag Potter out situation. Uh, that hashtag is certainly getting a bit, uh, bit busier um, by the game. Um, but we are actually currently one point better off than last year's record under Chris Hutton. Uh, I know that the media like to throw around this idea that this time last year you were better off by two points, but it's bollocks. Uh, it's not true. It's dishonest. Um, and I think they know it is, and that's why they're doing it. Uh, the reality is um, is that when you put the games head-to-head, so we're not including games that, are, you know, we're talking about games that we haven't played yet um, in terms of, like, this time last year we were doing X. Well, we hadn't played half of those teams yet. Um, so when you put the games head to head all the way through the season so far, we've actually made one, one more point than last year's record under Hutton. It's not much, but when you think of the huge culture change he's had to do, as well as manage the team, as well as could like, you know, bring in this whole new method, uh, of training, build up football, everything. Um, I think it should be promising to see. Uh, you know, he's we've, we're talking about the fact that we we did well uh, and we surely won't melt down for the rest of the year. Well, this next couple of months are going to be a good indicator, right? Um, if we continue down the exact same road as Chris Hutton, uh, we end one point better off. In my opinion, of course, it relegates us this year, I think, uh, as I think that I think we need 38 as a minimum to survive. You know, I think that I think that as the as the season went on, uh, I know we've still got plenty of games left to go, but I thought as the season went on, um, the more it went on, I thought that we were probably going to need uh, 40. But actually, uh, I feel like this time last year, we were no different. Um, you know, I thought that there was teams around us that were going to come flying up uh, and didn't. If you take a look at the, uh, the game week 24 last year, so uh, this time last year, um, with 24 games played, Cardiff City were in 18th place on 19 points. Fulham on 17, Huddersfield on 11. Yikes, Huddersfield. Um, my point being is that we are currently in a situation where the teams in the relegation zone are around four points better off. Uh, last year, they needed third, the third team with 34 points were relegated. Um, 
So if you want to add another four to that, say it continues down the same track at this point, uh, that's 38 to be safe. And our goal difference is better than everybody else's. Um, I think 38 will be enough. You know, Cardiff, we're relegated on 34 points. Um, Fulham down on 26, Huddersfield on 16. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think it's going to be a lot tighter this year. And there's going to be a lot of teams down there that are not safe at all, all the way through. But, uh, you know, for the Albion, I think that we are we are well on our way to, uh, to getting the results we need. Um, it's also worth noting that, you know, there's a lot of teams down there that probably shouldn't be. Um, so there's probably a lot of teams feeling the same way we do. Uh, you know, we are still 15th. We still, you know, are leading the pack, so to speak, of the ones at the bottom there. Um, and we, we, although we have a lot of work to do, um, we're still playing half-decent football. Um, Potter out, not for me. Uh, I think he should go absolutely nowhere. Um, I think it's time to turn around and take a long, hard look at the players that we have in this squad if they continue to be poor. Um, a lot of the players we hear on social media, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all the hashtags, we hear that, oh, Duffy's unhappy with someone, Connolly's deleting his Instagram, he's mad, uh, you know, Dunk's had a big falling out with someone or like whatever. There's rumors about everybody and their mother having falling outs with people. Um, but the ones that persist, right, the ones that we hear a lot of are causing issues or whatever, um, are the same players that had those same rumors go about last year with Chris Hutton. Um, you know, fool me once, etc. You know, uh, I think that the players and player power is a problem. Um, it's always been a problem at the top level, and I think Albion are having the first real experience of it. Uh, I think we need a big clear out, and I think that it's going to happen one way or another. Whether we stay up or down, we have plenty of contracts coming up this summer that I don't see being extended. Uh, Gaetan Bong, he will not be extended. Leon Balligan clearly isn't going to be extended. Baram Kayal probably set out as a free agent too. Glenn Murray, probably gone in this window, frankly. Uh, seems to be the way it's going. Ezekiel Shalotto, be stunned if he's offered a new deal. You know what I mean? Um, I suspect that a few more will be on their way too. If we stay up, uh, I think they're going to go anyway. If they go down, I think we'll have a huge exodus. Um, but I think we need to get this done and dusted one way or another um, and keep Potter regardless of the result. I think that we gave Chris Hutton four years to build the squad in his image. Um, and we gave him that time and we gave him that kind of freedom and flexibility and that trust. And I think to offer Potter an extension to his contract um, and then to sack him either before the end of this season or, you know, at some point later on is absolutely bonkers. Um, we've spent a lot of money on him and people to me, you know, we're not. We're not financial accountants. Tony Bloom is the man who runs the money in this club. I don't care how much he spends, personally. It's not my money. It's Tony's. And it's not like we're, you know, it's not like we have Mike Ashley in charge. Like, Tony Bloom is an incredible chairman. So if he wants to spend X or Y, I don't really care. Like, let him spend it. It's his money, not mine. Um, it does surprise me sometimes when a lot of people get very upset about certain amounts of money being spent. Uh, but it ain't yours. So who cares? To me. Um, it's not a big deal, but I would be stunned if Tony was silly enough to spend the money he spent on extending the contract to then just consider getting rid of him. Um, I think if we go down, I think he has to stay. I think he has to manage the exodus. I think he has to manage the rebuild. Um, and I think he can bring us back up. 
And I think if he does, um, I think we'll kind of go back up in a Newcastle kind of way. Uh, you know, I think we'll go up comfortably if we continue to keep him. Um, if we let him go and succumb to this Premier League merry-go-round of bullshit, I think we're in big trouble. Um, and no amount of stats or, you know, indicators that we're doing the right thing is going to help. Uh, we are we are balls to the wall if we decide to get rid of Potter, in my opinion. Um and it would be totally counterproductive to who Tony Bloom is as well. So I guess we'll see. Um, final thing to hit on this week uh, is, of course, West Ham coming up. Uh, it is going to be a big one. Um, we've had two games now in the last week or so where we probably should have looked at taking a lot more than one point from two with Villa uh, and Bournemouth. And we have a lot of work to do here. West Ham, we tend to have a good game at West Ham all the time over the last couple of years. Um, you know, we tend to do pretty well, whether it's a point or three, uh, we tend to get the job done. So this is a game where we need to take those results and get moving. They just got tonked 4-1 away at Leicester City. Um, this weekend, they have been beaten at home in their own place by West Brom and Jahalbion, 1-0. West Brom were down to 10 men for a while as well in the FA Cup. West Ham got beat. West Ham have a game in hand. Uh, I've seen a lot of people very much fretting about it. Uh, they're not very happy about the fact that they have a game in hand. They're worried that they're going to win that and catch us up. Just a reminder, that game is played on the 29th of January in three days, uh, which is always always good because they're going to have played midweek on the Wednesday. And that game is at home to Liverpool. Uh, I would suggest that if West Ham are able to take points from Liverpool, uh, they probably fully deserve to be above us in the Premier League. Um, personally, I would be stunned if West Ham take anything other than a loss uh, at home to Liverpool. And, you know, that isn't any disrespect to West Ham. That's accepting the fact that Liverpool look invincible. Um, and then, of course, they, they have us come visit. So they have a lot of work to do. Uh, and they have a horrible set of fixtures, similar to our November, December. Um, after us... They then have uh, Manchester City and Liverpool coming. Uh, they have to travel up north to both of them. So this is a game where we really need to take the ball by the horns uh, and pile on the hurt for them um, because it's going to be a rough game, rough couple of weeks for them. Already has been a rough couple of weeks, but we can add to it. Uh, they haven't made a lot of signings in January. I don't think they've made any actually yet. Um, Felipe Anderson is always going to be a problem. He's played pretty well against us in the past. Mikhail Antonio, again, big problem. We need to keep him quiet. And Sebastian Haller, uh, their striker, is exactly the kind of striker we need. Um, six goals so far this season, uh, an assist or two, um, a couple of man-of-the-match performances. Um, we need to keep that forward line quiet, something we've been bad at in recent months. Uh, so... It's going to be a big test. They're going to be at home. They're going to be expecting a response after probably being smashed by a couple of them. Um, but, you know, they, they have the same weaknesses we do. They're not able to score enough, finishing, finish enough scoring chances. Uh, they're offside plenty. Um, and defending against through ball attacks is a big weakness of West Ham's. So, you know, this is a game where if there was ever a game for those long balls, um, we need to be able to put them in there. And as of right now, uh, with no striking option up top to be able to be a taller man, we're in big trouble. Um, again, it's a game that really on the face of it looks like it could go the way of Bournemouth. Um, but we need to bring something different to the table. And if we don't, uh, I think we're in big trouble. Transfer window will be closed by this point, so we will know exactly how our table is set. We know what we're able to do and what we're not. 
Um, and you know, fingers crossed, we've, we've, we're busy in this week, uh, because we need to be. That is it from me. Um, I will see you all next week to cover the West Ham game and round up the transfer market. Um, so be good, be safe, and I'll see you all next week.